Did you know that Business Insider ranked dentistry as the most dangerous profession in the whole world for your health? And they did this multiple years in a row. So why is it? Why is our job so dangerous? I think we know the answers. We're in this horrible posture. We've got this infection control risk. We are sat in this four walls with just one other person usually. That's got to drive you mad as well as the extreme stress that we undertake in our profession of clinical dentistry. So whether you are a dentist, a nurse, or a DA, as they're so affectionately called in the US, or if you're a therapist or hygienist, I think you have something to gain from this episode about looking off your health in the space of dentistry. Now, who better than Dr. Rohan Verma, who is a clinical practicing dentist and also a fitness fanatic and a fitness coach to professionals. So I brought him on to talk about different things like what are the big mistakes we're making in our profession in terms of how how we're neglecting our health. How can we improve our well-being in this profession? And we also pivot and talk about some other things that I'm quite interested in. Like towards the end, we talk about diet, right? As many of you know, I do a lot of intermittent fasting. So I will not eat my first meal quite often until, you know, 1 or 2 p.m. And then I'll have like a, a five, six hour window where I consume all my food. So what does Rohan think about that? What does he think about paleo diet or carnivorous diet or keto? So I ask him about this kind of stuff. But before then, we talk about how we can recognize that something's not working for our health and what are the actionable steps that we can take to better improve our health. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jazz Gulati. You are the producer Rati because now you're listening to this. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. This segment of the podcast is an IC, so it's an interference cast. So you slightly pivot away from clinical dentistry. But if clinical dentistry is more your thing, then most of my episodes are that. But I do like to talk about things that I'm interested in. So whether it's well-being, getting more sleep, or this fitness and health, reducing your stress or health. That's what we're talking about today. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Rohan Verma. Dr. Rohan Verma, welcome to the Protrusive Journal Podcast, my friend. How are you? I'm very well, man. Thank you very much for having me. Like, like many of the guests that I have on, we do go way back. I knew, I've known you from undergraduate days. Even yeah. then, you always uh, had this uh, amazing physique. And I kind of knew, <laughs> okay, this guy's definitely going to pivot into, as well as being this awesome dentist you are, you're into <laughs> the health space and fitness space. So it'll be, it'll be fun to talk about that stuff. But just for those dentists who haven't come across you for around the world, tell us about you, Rohan. Tell us about your, you, and you as a dentist, but you outside of the remit of dentistry in terms of all the other things that you do in the space of health and, and well-being. Awesome. Well, um, firstly, hi guys, nice to meet you. I'm Rohan. I'm a full-time private practice dentist working in Cookham in a little village near Marlowe, Henley, Reading area. As Jazz very kindly said, yeah, I've been into fitness for a long, long time. Um, just like everyone here, um, I went, was very fit and active at school, did the standard things, did rugby, football, karate, those sort of things. And then it wasn't until I hit university and then that's really when my fitness journey kind of really began. A little bit probably in the mo not most um, conventional way. Um, my mental health unfortunately took a turn for the south. And I really started to become quite anxious. I noticed that there were certain traits of my sort of like perfectionism coming through, which naturally as dentists, that's one thing I think we I notice very much so. The more I talk about it, more people are more and more aware about it. And I needed an output. And it took me a while to find my own feet with it. But in, in essence, um, I realized that I missed my fitness and I missed doing active things. It used to be like sports, rugby, karate as a kid. But when I get into dentistry, it was okay, all or nothing with the books. And I think that, that aspect of being very much all or nothing made me realize I had no balance and I needed to find some outlet. And that's where the gym came for me. I could do it at my own time my own space and it was just the perfect output for me.
If you don't mind, uh, Rohan, just talking about that, because I think it's, it's, mm. it's really good of you to, to mention that, you know, you, you had an adverse experience with your mental mm. health, as we all do. We're all human as dentists in this high pressure job that we're in. And mm. we'll talk about all those sorts of things later on mm. in terms of general well-being and obviously fitness and health, but also mental health being so key. A, how did you recognize this issue? But then B, did you seek professional help or did you just do some introspect and self-discovery and discover yourself that, okay, what you are missing in your life is the things that made you happy in your childhood, which is the exercise and the fitness and the ex- and the sort of the fun things that you did extracurricular. And then you just pursued that or how did that come to be? To be honest, I think if you're aware of mental health, I think you'll realize it's not something which just suddenly appears. It's something which you're always dealing with. I mean, to this day, I would still say I'm dealing with my mental health. It's, it's, it's peaked and troughed throughout my dental career, definitely for sure. Um, I think the first time I experienced it was first year undergraduate BDS in anatomy spot exam. I remember it so vividly. I was always that guy at school. I worked hard. I would do extremely well at school. And I wouldn't actually worry about it because I knew if I put in the work, I would get the results. Then you come to dentistry where everyone is super smart. Everyone is of that top tier caliber student. And it was overwhelming for me at first. And I remember just studying for that spot. And it just, no matter how much I tried, I looked at those bloody quarter equining and tried to memorize those, those anatomies, diagrams as much as I could, coloring them and everything. It just didn't work for my brain. And I remember sitting there in the exam, I wanted to put pen to paper but I physically couldn't move. I literally felt almost stuck. And I think that was the point when I realized something was brewing in me. And it wasn't probably till I started to speak to loved ones. I mean, fortunately, my mother's a a psychologist, a therapist, and she started talking to me saying, look, I can't help you because obviously there's a, a, a clash of interest here. However, I do think there's something going on. Um, I don't think I was in the right sort of headspace at the time to first deal with it at university. And it wasn't actually until maybe years later that I actually sought professional help and actually that really has been a big turning point for me. Yes, fitness has helped, but I wouldn't say that's the only well thing. Well done. That's, yeah, so it's, it's, been, it's, been, it's been a journey, man. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I, like I said, I still think I'm, I'm learning each day. And we're all on this journey. You know, everyone's sure. at a different place and it's, it's like different seasons in our physical health, uh, which I'm at the moment, at this time of recording with you, Diwali yeah. is 2022. I can't say that in this moment right now. I am negle- happy Diwali, everyone. Uh, I am neglecting my my physical health uh, at the moment. I, c- I can say that I, I haven't made peace with it though, because that's not how I wish to live the rest of my not only year but rest of my life. But but it's just a season at the moment where I know that okay, my health is suffering because of various circumstances in life. But it's yeah. really good to have that self reflection, self awareness, and it's really good that you did seek what you did. But pivoting onto uh, the, mostly the physical health. But which ties in so much with the mental health. Yeah. Dentists, in terms of when you search the, the jobs in the world, and there's a huge, quite it went viral amongst our community, of all the jobs in the world, every single job that is like the most dangerous, if you like. And a, a couple of years in a row, dentistry came out as the most dangerous uh, mm. job because of, of various things like exposure to radiation. The fact that you're in, a, in this posture, in this room, diseases that you can catch, for example. So they put all those metrics and, and suicide rate. So all these metrics uh, fed into the fact that dentistry was the worst for your health or, or dangerous in that, in that category of all totally. the different professions in the world, which is crazy. So having said that, and in light of that, in that context, what are the biggest mistakes you think dentists are making with their health? And just to give those a little background and context, Rohan being a dentist, but also helps dentists and other professionals yep. improve their well-being and health. So, you know, you are yeah. the, the best person to speak about this. 
I mean, look, I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years and haven't practiced now since 2013, so the best part of nearly 10 years. I've seen very much so some correlations between the two things, between dentistry and what we do right, what we do wrong. The big one, and we kind of already touched upon it already, Jazz, is in essence that we spend our entire day as a dentist between the hours of eight and six, nine and five, call it what you want, focusing on other people, but often we neglect ourselves. It comes at a detriment to our own well-being. I mean, tell me the number of times you've gone to work and then you've had a busy back-to-back patient list. And in that time, you haven't drunk any water. You've had to run late through lunch. You maybe skip lunch. You've not perhaps time to meal prep your meals. So therefore, you're going to order delivery when you get home from work. You then go, you sit there and have your quick dinner. And in essence, you have now to go back onto work to do some clin checks because you know you've got to plan your Invisalign cases. You're now thinking, oh, it's 11.30, I've got to go to bed and then start that routine all over again. We, f- we neglect ourselves and we forget how stressful the environment is. We forget that we're not nurturing ourselves. We're not thinking about our sleep patterns. We're not thinking about our well-being, both physical and mental, because those things impact us, not just in the moment when you feel tired. These things, these things add up. So when you start thinking, oh, is my mental health going to suffer? Of course, we're neglecting ourselves. So I think that's the f- the first thing I'd say is we we hinder ourselves with. Well, Rowan, I just want to ma- mention that for, for those listening right now, and if you're driving, please drive safely, because if, like me, you're listening to you in your uh, little minute just there, describing all things as though you've got a CCTV camera of my life, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I know that there's hundreds of dentists, you know, nodding along, driving, just <laughs> yeah. be careful, okay? <laughs> you know, people watching you drive, and like, what the hell is this guy listening to some rock music or something, like, you know, bobbing their head along. So, uh, yeah, totally, man. You, you hit the nail on the head. I know so many dentists of all, you know, no matter if they're experienced dentists or new dentists, that describe this exactly this sort of rat race kind of uh, mentality that we have that we we give everything in our day we're sure. expended we're absolutely just smashed so we come home and we all take away and we neglect ourselves i mean often people say look it's about that you know we have that all or nothing mentality that's why we got here that's why we're successful but you've got to you got to ask yourself how long can you keep that up for and i think the big question i get asked by people who either interact with me on instagram on social media or whether it be for example just people asking me for advice day to day when i meet them at weddings and they say oh what do you do i say look for a balance now in my opinion and it's it's very cliche there's no perfect balance there's no such thing however you have spinning plates you have work you have family life you have friends you have dentistry you have perhaps maybe an instagram profile you're trying to juggle there's so many things you're constantly juggling <laughs> at times you just need to know when to put the pedal to the the metal and when to like when to ease off a little bit so for example okay i've got an invisible open day yeah i'm gonna have to put in some hours to prep that cool but then perhaps the next week the next few days after that Put some time into your well-being. Maybe go for a walk with your loved ones, with your little one after work. Maybe spend half an hour. Go for a small workout, even a small one. Just do something which you know is going to nurture you. Because finding that structure which helps you and also which you can stick to, and you'll hear this me say it throughout this whole podcast today, that's the crucial recipe. It's not about finding the perfect solution. It's about finding the solution that works for you. Mm-hmm. And what other, so in, the, in the terms of themes, is that the main one that you want to focus on before we move move on? Or is, is there another uh, big health mistake? So number one, just summarize, is we don't look after ourselves. Yeah, I think number two, I mean, to honest, I can go all day. This is, my, this is what I love to talk about, so I can go all day. Um, the second thing I would say is we tend to find we're looking for the quick fix. You mentioned the statistic about how we suffer with back pain, neck pain. It's, it's guaranteed. If you're going to be sitting there doing two hours endos, 
three-hour composite build-up cases, you know, doing big case rehab work like your surf jazz, you've got to realize you are stuck in the most unnatural position all day long. Perhaps maybe your, your neck's going to suffer, your back's going to suffer, your posture's going to suffer. And I see it quite a lot. And don't get me wrong, I've done it myself. The first thing we think we turn to is ibuprofen and the chiropractor or the physio. So we look for the quick fix. Whereas as dentists, I thought we were meant to be out there planning for longevity, planning for the long term. So why are we not looking at the cause? Why are we not looking at, okay, do I need to address perhaps, maybe it's going to be buying some loops, maybe it's going to be perhaps maybe working on a saddle chair, or more importantly, what about building up the muscles of our neck, our back, our shoulders, our spine? So that's where I'm trying to unpick the sort of health, the habits we have at the moment. So going to work is great. Doing a long day at work is great. But what are you doing after work to help nurture those problems that you're feeling when you're sitting up late at night time, having back pain, etc.? Don't just go for the quick fix. It's, it's almost like you, you've broken that lower left six mesolingual cusp. Do you stick on a GIC? Do you do an online? Do you do the quick fix or do you do it for the long term solution? That's what I feel that we need yeah. to start. What we're recommending looking. to our patients is not what we're preaching ourselves. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And it's, 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 it comes again back to what are we doing for ourselves? That, I guess, is the overall encompassing problem. But what are we doing also to help ourselves? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the other big thing is, and I see it a lot in a lot of my clients who tend to be doctors and dentists, it ends up being, look, we need to uh, appreciate that our environment that we work in is extremely stressful. Guaranteed. Very intimate very precise work and there is a huge demand to provide amazing outcomes whether it be aesthetically functionally and hopefully everything all together so come friday come 5 p.m and i'm culprit to it too when that drill goes down i want to pick up a corona and i want to chill however (laughs) (laughs) it comes back to that work-life balance are we finding perhaps maybe a balance which may be actually not necessarily nourishing our well-being so don't get me wrong I do think you should go out for perhaps a nice meal with loved ones. I do think you should go out for a couple of beers. But do we know how to find that sort of sensible approach to it? Do we Have we looked at potentially looking at, okay, maybe I'll go for a walk with my family tomorrow morning. Maybe I'll go for a workout because I can still have that structure, that routine of knowing how to work hard, play hard, but also think about my well-being in that process. It's not just not just remembering to push yourself, but it's also knowing when to like look after yourself as well. Very, very good. And, and Rohan, I just want to trace back to the point you made again about how we go for the quick fix. And you mentioned about uh, the posture issues. And I link that back to the earlier point I made where there, there's some of the theories as to why there is such a high you know, depression or suicide or alcoholism rate in dentistry traditionally. I don't know what the latest stats are, but this is what we're led to believe when you speak to our more experienced colleagues you know, in terms of historically. And so one of the theories is because we are in this sort of slouch posture, Mm. That that sort of physiology feeds into our psychology and the whole, uh, it's the completely the opposite of power posing. So power posing, you know, you're looking up, your Shoulder, chest is up chest and back, you yeah. see how your physiology and posture affects mm. your psychology. So there's a whole dimension of, okay, yes, we're neglecting our physical health, but that ties in better with our with our mental health. And you mentioned about the quick fix. I, th- I think I also want to mention that, okay, we, we want to aim for that quick fix, but what about the importance of sleep? Something we neglect, which is uh, you know, overarching in terms of your, your health. How do you uh, coach your uh, clients in terms of sleep? Is that the kind of, do you have discussions about sleep? Absolutely. I mean, look, sleep is a huge part. In my opinion, if you think about your bedtime routine, you're setting yourself up for the next day. 
I think often we forget to realize that your sleep is linked to everything. Your sleep is linked to, is linked to your stress, it's linked to your hunger levels, your digestion, your energy levels, your hormones, everything. In essence, when you're sleeping, your body's resting and recovering. So if you're doing four hours, five hours a night and it's broken sleep, you're waking up to go to the bathroom, you're waking up thinking about stuff, maybe what you've got to do in the morning, maybe that first difficult patient you got in the morning, that is going to be setting you up for a very challenging day. And then that's gonna roll on for days after days, weeks after weeks, months after months. It's gonna have a huge impact on your health. I mean, the, the sort of key sort of number, there's no perfect number. I mean, if you tell this to a young mother, if I said to her, aim for seven, eight, nine hours of sleep, she's gonna look at me like, you're, you're having a laugh, mate. <laughs> but I would say if you can try to give yourself, <laughs> I think working backwards and pitching it backwards helps a lot more. So. Give yourself almost like a non-negotiable you're aiming for. So for example, Jazz, you know, your little one's getting up, you know what time you've got to go to school, what time you've got your Drew drop off. So this thing backwards with your routine. What time do I need to go to bed to aim for around ideally six and a half to seven hours of sleep? And then give yourself a half an hour buffer. Let's, mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you when you finish your day, you know you shouldn't be, but you're probably gonna be sitting there scrolling on Instagram or checking your emails or checking that you've done everything you need to do before the next day. So give yourself that half an hour buffer and then allow yourself that six and a half to seven hours. And if you can get that sleep in, the next day you will wake up feeling potentially more refreshed, less likely to pick on, excuse my language, crap, crappy foods because you're not feeling as hungry and perhaps lethargic and tired and generally low in your self-esteem and feelings because that's when we reach out for the junk. That's when we reach out to doing very little and sitting on our butts when we come home from work because we're just tired. Mm -hmm. And you gave that one a piece of actual advice already, actually, in terms of mm. how to set a better routine and to get better quality sleep. What other actionable so something that we can action as dentists like if there was like one thing that you hate about what we do to our health and you really want to change that and shake it up and said okay start <laughs> doing this one thing because we talk about the problems and the issues and how we don't look after ourselves if there was like a, a magic wand and we, we changed one habit about what we do as a stereotypical profession what would that be oh dude that's a tough question man I can't say one. I really couldn't say one. What I could say to you, do one thing, is go to my Instagram and click my link in bio. No, no plug intended, but seriously, there's a free sort of like seven step process of how to kind of take your well-being into uh, perhaps another dimension, perhaps maybe looking after yourself in a more manageable, more longevity approach. So for example, I talk about in that, that, that seven step process, like you said, sleep. We talked about that six and a half, seven hours of sleep a night. Hydration, trying to aim for the appropriate amount of hydration for yourself. Now, I get asked how much should I drink? How much water should I drink a day? How much fluid should I drink a day? Just think of it this way, per 25 kilograms of your body, aim for one liter. And when you start, when you put that into context, you probably realize, mm -hmm. God, there have been days where I've probably only had maybe one liter, one liter and a half max, and I guarantee you, you're underhydrating yourself. There's no way you can do the, the intricate work that you do every day and still feel like you're gonna perform to your best and feel energized, so definitely, Think about your hydration levels. The third thing is... Well, Rohan, you might know about coffee then, because I'm, I'm a huge coffee drinker. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you know this. Yeah. Um, they say that if you if you have black coffee, the, yeah. the, the content of uh, water, the hydration in that may negate the dehydration effect. Is that is that a myth or what's your rule or advice on, on coffee? Oh, I personally feel that's completely fine. And I've looked into the research behind caffeine and they do say that the hydration levels within it, is, it helps negate it. So I call it as a total fluid intake for the day. 
But what I would say about caffeine, and you should bear this in mind, is that it has a half-life. And I don't know if you guys remember back in the day learning this at, at university. And, but in essence, the half-life of caffeine is six hours. So if you're drinking caffeine and you're after 3 or 4 p.m. and you're trying to go to sleep around 10 or 11, you're shooting yourself on the foot. Because it's still going to be lingering in your system. It's still going to be there. And you're going to be keeping your at night time, perhaps maybe making being the reason why you're you're struggling to sleep and having that broken sleep. So just give yourself an earlier cutoff point. Uh, I mean, it affects uh, everyone differently, right? So for it sure. does it, I mean, I, I could actually have one at 8 p.m. And, and still go to bed at about 10. I'm a, a coffee drinker of, of crazy levels, to be honest with you. For sure. I mean, look, to a degree, you're probably caffeine intolerant. And you're probably actually, you'll find jazz that. The, the impact of caffeine on you perhaps is so different to me I mean, I, I'm not trying to big myself up here but I don't drink a lot of coffee because it used to make me quite anxious but what I've noticed now is the more you drink it you, you do have a caffeine tolerance and then that sort of boost and pick me up effect is negated by the fact that you just drink perhaps maybe two or three four five throughout the day so just maybe just be more mindful of that maybe try and consider perhaps maybe a caffeine detox mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it's interesting research I read on, on BBC once or, or a couple of times they, they sort of recycle the same article every 18 months is the what they found is that the, the benefits of coffee were truly realized after drinking four or five cups a day. So they found that actually coffee is a good thing, but you, you kind of need to have four or five cups a day to get mm. all the antioxidant benefit. So when mm. I read that, it was like a it was a, it was a dream to read that. It was like an, an open license to just crack on, mate. You drink all the coffee you want, but obviously everything within reason. You got to respect your body and how it affects you and your own 100%. individual tolerance. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Ultimately, it comes down to like I said before, what works for you. For what works for one person may not be the perfect recipe for the other person. If it works for you and it helps you get through a day then please do but if it's affecting your sleep if you're feeling perhaps maybe a little bit more on edge more anxious you're waking up with broken sleep maybe then you want to think about okay do i should i scale it back what time do i finish my coffee intake have a look at that way Mm-hmm. And w- w- one thing I really like that you said about just the hydration thing. It's, such a, it's just a huge thing for me. Uh, and some days I have good days and some days I have really bad days. Uh, and I feel as though it's one thing that I think is the most important thing for me to improve and, and keep at a steady level is having that hydration because I'm so dehydrated, especially when you've got lots of new patient consultations or checkups. You're talking, 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 talking. And you're so, so, and you're sometimes you're running late because you're talking so much and you're explaining and you put your heart and soul into it. You're absolutely parched. Therefore, having that bottle is just a, a number one hack to, to have any other hacks you can give to stay hydrated yeah I mean to be honest I carry um, I haven't got it with me right now but I have a water bottle which has the hours of the day written down next to it and it's so useful it's a one litre bottle mm. and it makes it so idiot proof it just says it's 1pm have you drunk this much it's 2pm have you drunk this much and that's just like a gentle, gentle reminder to help you kind of keep going and even I sometimes end up realising I have to like chug because I haven't done it for a little while but at least you just have that sort of measurable goal I think that's one of the big things is having something measurable to work towards which will always help us kind of stay on track the other thing i tend to recommend is look when it comes to lunchtime, dinner time breakfast time get one of those half liter bottles like uh, from kirkland or even just a glass and just fill it up and drink that glass with your meal in essence if you're doing that you're getting in something you know i i see one of the biggest sort of perhaps maybe sort of mistakes or hurdles we as individuals incorporate when we're trying to get into a fitter well-being or fitter space is that we tend to try and do too much too quickly oh i'm going to drink the perfect amount of water i'm going to hit the perfect amount of steps i'm going to have the perfect calories i'm going to hit six workouts a week why run before you can walk i mean i usually say just start off by doing something simple add a glass of water to your main meal that will be enough you start with that then after two or three weeks time of doing that consistently 
then build it up. Don't start looking at us, oh, I've got this podcast, this guy's telling me to drink two liters of water and I've only drunk half a liter today. Doing Going from zero to 100 is gonna be in essence a recipe for, for failure. It's gonna set you up for a little bit of disappointment in my eyes. Mm-hmm, absolutely. That kind of like links to one of the, the, the other points I mentioned in my seven step guide is, like when it comes to working out, I think there'll be a lot of people and a lot of listeners today who will be able to relate to this. The number of times you thought, okay, I, ha- I don't feel comfortable how I look or I don't feel great right now. I know I need to get into shape. I need to go to the gym. And they've gone from doing nothing to trying to hit, like I said, maybe five or six workouts. No matter what you can do, just do something small. So the week after, if you know you can do five workouts, do two. Stick to the two. Even if it's just two simple workouts, do two. The week after, do another two. The week after that, do two again. Once you've done it three or four weeks on the trot and you found it manageable, you will actually realize I can keep this up. The problem is if you go and try and do six workouts in week one, you might keep it up for week one or maybe week two. But after that, life happens. Your kids start crying and saying that I want to play with you. You might want to have to go do, I don't know, go to the cinema and go for a meal. You will realize you can't keep that up. And once you feel like you can't keep that up, it does make you feel a bit frustrated, then you might just sack off the whole mentality of going to the gym. So I'd rather say stick to something you can manage and then build it until the point where you realize, Mm -hmm. okay, this this fits now in with what I can do in my day-to-day life. When you find that, that sort of solution which fits in and it's manageable, that's when you found the right solution for you. I, I love that advice because what I've been affected by, and you've mentioned it already, Rohan, is this perfectionist attitude we have. Mm. And I've always been uh, all or nothing. So it's like, if I can't do a full hour of workout, then there's no yeah. point in even going. What's the point of doing a 20 minute? But now I've, I've, I've changed my ways. And I know that if I can get that all important 20, 30 minutes uh, when I can, yeah. three or four times a week as my, as my usual aim, uh, I'm so much happier and grateful that I did it. Whereas before I'd be like, there's no point in me going. My dad's like that. If he can't get his couple hours in the gym, he's like, oh, there's no point in me going. <laughs> so so I think we're all uh, susceptible to that. No, it's, it's totally, it's, I think that's, again, it's one of the reasons why we're so good at what we do. We don't do things by half measures, but it, if, you're, if you're looking to do something so drastic like that, it's just gonna be putting yourself in a position which is gonna make you feel almost frustrated when you can't meet it. And the big thing about gym and motivation is that Nobody likes doing it. Even I have moments where I don't want to go. But what helps me is routine. Routine is crucial. And I think when you find that routine which works for you, Jazz, you've got yours down. I know what mine is. When I started fitness, it was six times a week. Now, with the fact that I've got two businesses, a lovely lovely wife to come home to, a family I want to spend time with, a social life, and perhaps I need to sit there and plan Invisalign cases and rehabs, etc. I know for me, four times a week is my is my my non-negotiable, and I can do that, and I can stick to that, and it makes me happy when I see mm-hmm. that I've ticked that little four workouts in because I can actually stick to it. It is it is my my manageable target. So I think we need to kind of sometimes take a step back rather than aiming for what the Men's Health magazine recommends. We have to recognize our jobs, our mm-hmm. lives are very unique, and we need to adapt around that. Brilliant. So the advice there, guys, is to find your non-negotiable. Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're not able to do the full whack. Try and find something that you can routinely carry out week by week. So th- I love that. Let's go to the final segment, which is uh, the bit I was actually most excited for is diet. 
right? Yeah. Because this is something that's been, this has fascinated me. I know it's probably fascinated you and you talk about it a lot on your Instagram. And yeah. I'm so really excited to actually hear about it because I know you're someone who's actually sat down and read papers about yeah. which diet and, and in terms of longevity and health and you probably are into that space and, and absorb that information. So I want to extract that from you. You'll, you'll be like the, here's my five minute guide and all the all the last research <laughs> I've done in the last 15 years, etc. right? So yeah. I'd love to, to to know from you. But um, the re, and I'm into intermittent fasting. I'm a big yeah. fan. I yeah. did a 72 hour fast for charity recently, which is really pushing my limits and I did it and I was you know, raised some money for you know, Ukrainian refugees and whatnot which was a noble thing to do and uh, it went really well so thanks to everyone who supported that uh, mm. but I just want to know what kind of diet do you follow yourself I want to know you know, are you are you vegan are you vegan uh, that kind of stuff and then what do you think from everything you read is the ultimate diet because some people like I, I know a dentist and she swears by carnivore diet she actually swears by carnivore really? I know some keto fanatics I know some people who yeah so I, I know I know some people in all these spaces where are you at I'm gonna to have to be careful what I say here. <laughs> I'm messy. Uh, so I'm a, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a carnivore. As in I eat meat, um, but I wouldn't say I I preach any particular diet in per se. Every diet works. Let me start by saying that every diet works. Paleo, no, but like, look, wait, wait, you're carnivore as in like you only eat meat? No, 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 sorry. I eat meat. I eat meat. I eat vegetables. I have a pretty, I'll, I'll talk about my diet in a second. I, I have a pretty normal diet, I would okay. say. Because that other dentist I was referring to, by the way, she was actually like the, following the actual carnivore diet. Oh, oh, okay. Literally only meat and all day meat. Okay, wow. Okay, no. I, 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 I yeah. Yeah, like, that, so like you can't have legumes and you can't have this. And it's very, yeah, it's very like, yeah, like almost like paleo, but even more extreme than paleo. So, I, okay, let me break down what I do, then I'll tell you about what I think about other diets. In essence, what I kind of preach is an 80-20 rule. If I can eat 80% of the time whole foods, things which are least amount of processed, so for example, opting for things like potatoes, rice, grains, couscous, lentils, and then I supplement that with my diet with a good amount of protein. I typically aim for two grams per kilo of my body weight of protein a day, and I try to think 80% of my diet should be whole foods, 20% should be crap i.e. things I enjoy, tasty foods, processed foods, <laughs> cakes, biscuits, sweets. Because for me, having done this now for over a decade, having worked with hundreds of clients, having helped people get into shape, I've seen what works and what doesn't work. For some people, it might be, for like, like you said, going ketogenic, which means cutting out all the carbs and going really high fats. For some people, it might be um, eating very paleo, so keeping it really natural, very unmodified, unprocessed. For some people, it might be... Hunter-gatherer. Like hunter-gatherer style, yeah. And people like yourself who are the... IFers. Yeah, IFers out here who tend to like to starve themselves for a long period of the day. Whatever works for you and you can enjoy and it works for your fitness goals, your health goals, and you can sustain, that's the diet you should do. Try them all out. But in my opinion, carbs are bloody tasty. Shouldn't get rid of them. They help you feel energized. They help you make, they make you feel happy. Why would you want to get rid of them? That's my personal feeling on them. IF works because I think for some people, they like to eat a lot of big portions. And when it comes to calorie control and not putting on weight, keeping their, their calories down is, mm. the, is, is the crucial thing. All IF does is gives you a smaller eating window. So let's say you, you have your dinner at 8 p.m. and you don't then eat until the next day at what, 1, 2 p.m., 3 p.m. You've just, in essence, reduced your win eating window to five, maybe six hours of the day. So what happens then when you're eating is you have a very little time to eat a lot of calories, keeping you fuller for longer and making sure that you enjoy your, your meal. So you could have maybe two like 1,000 calorie meals, which is pretty epic. 
but I know I'd fall asleep in the chair if I tried to do that. And it's just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think my patients would appreciate me like, you know, like literally struggling to stay awake whilst trying to do some on lace. So what I do is a diet for me, which works for me, which is yeah, spread my calories throughout the day. Um, I have three or four main meals and I just try to make sure that each of those meals, there is some good veg, there's some complex carbs in there, like, like oats or rice, or potatoes or pasta, bagels, bread's not bad. Please don't say bread's bad, by the way, whoever's saying, whoever thinks that and they should think they should stick to white bread or white brown, <laughs> brown, brown rice over white rice. You know, there's so many myths I could debunk right now, but just find the diet which works for you. That's the crucial thing there. I think in terms of making time for yourself and not, you know, get, you know, care, we care for others. It's important to care for yourself. And part of that is actually experimenting at various seasons of your life where it's possible to see which diet is best for you. I've had some friends who, once they went keto, their IBS got better or whatever. Uh, you know, and, and had they not done the due diligence to experiment with their body, and it is experimentation, so you've got to kind of make sure it doesn't affect your patient care, right? So I've tested that, okay, I can intermittent fast safely 24 hours without affecting patient care. After 24 hours, I don't know. Therefore, when I did my 72-hour fast, I make sure I timed it on a weekend I wasn't working, so there's no risk of patients being affected. So you have to always look at, you know, patient care, just bring it back to dentistry and how we all can apply it to our lives. For sure, for sure. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing which everyone should do if they haven't done it already is start tracking their calories. It's probably a controversial thing, but I feel like we should because when it comes to your general health and fitness, it does come to the, down to a simple calories in versus calories out. If you feel that you're feeling tired and sluggish and you feel like you're putting on weight, you're possibly over consuming too many calories and not moving enough. If you're feeling like you can't put on weight, you're feeling like you're t again, tired and sluggish, you're possibly also under consuming. So the first thing I would recommend anyone out there who's listening is go on to um, the app store, download MyFitnessPal, it's free, have the basic version and just track your calories. You'll soon realize where you are potentially shooting yourself in the foot and maybe over consuming or under consuming. I mean, one of the big things, and this is one of the, the things I kind of alluded to earlier, Jazz, is dentists typically Monday to Friday are very, very good. We're very mindful. We don't overeat. We tend to have quite sensible portions, but come the weekend, I guarantee there'll be a big portion of us here, here who are slamming in the calories, the takeaways, the alcohol, and perhaps maybe undoing a lot of our good, healthy habits during the week. Now, if you start becoming more mindful of where those calories are creeping in, maybe having four or five pints and having a couple of cheesy chips on the way home and then the, the Nando's and the Domino's the day after, when you start adding those up and realizing, okay, maybe I am consuming about five or 6,000 calories on the weekend, and you start looking at how you can regulate your portion control, you'll realize that, okay, I can have a better balance. And it comes back to that point again, where is that balance mm -hmm. for you? So I would definitely recommend just download MyFitnessPal. You'll see the foods that you enjoy, some which are more potentially nourishing, some which are potentially not as nourishing, more cal cal caloric, and then you'll start making better calls. I'm so glad you mentioned the M word, mindfulness, because as you were saying about calorie counting, it's not something I practice, but the biggest benefit I see and calorie counting is that you have to then think about your food and look at your food and actually spend a minute to analyze, okay, what's inside this? How is it going to affect me and my body? And therefore, it's a means for someone who's not typically mindful about their mm. food now becomes mindful about what, they, what, what they're eating, which is, which is the, the great benefit, I think. Totally. I mean, if I, if I was to be really honest about what, why I feel the most biggest benefit about my fitness pal is, it's not the actual process of tracking and sticking it in your diary. It's, it's like you said, it's the thought which goes behind it. Once you've done it for a couple of weeks, my aim after a while with my clients is for them to have almost a knowledge and understanding about portion control 
about nutrition, fiber, which one's going to be processed with fatty uh, trans fats, which are potentially risk of heart disease. What are good fats, which are bad fats. So they now know if they go to a restaurant, how to make a call and a decision, which is going to help nourish them. Now, if, for example, you're a traveling dentist and you're working up and down the practices across the country, you can't sit there and track calories. Let's be honest. We know that. But at least you'll have the understanding, okay, I can make some better decisions whilst I'm traveling up and down this country to choose foods which are going to be potentially less processed, less junky, and they're going to help me feel good and perhaps maybe hit my nutrition goals and my my fitness goals. So it's it's almost that awareness, that understanding, which comes through practicing and, and implementing this over a period of time for you to then become, okay, I know what to do now. Amazing. Well, I'll put the link to my fitness pal. I'm sure everyone can find it quite easily, yeah. anyway, but we'll make it helpful for you in the in the show notes. I'll also put Rohan's Instagram page, which you guys should all check out. It's a, it's wonderful content. I love the kind of the, the funny things that you do, Rohan. It's amazing. <laughs> um, please tell us your Instagram handle once again. And uh, I think we've covered a good few things to help people become healthier and more mindful uh, about everything they're doing, uh, mental health and uh, health, uh, fitness, well-being. No, thank you. So if you guys want to follow me, check me out on Instagram. It's Dr. Underscore RV Fitness. I talk about everything, fitness, dentistry, alcohol, well-being, mental health, physical health. It's all encompassed. I mean, as I said, I do think if you just do one thing today, it's just start thinking about yourself, guys. And I promise you, I think that will go a long way in terms of serving you in your professional career, but also your family career. Uh, every, every aspect of your life will benefit from this. Amazing. Rohan, thank you so much for giving it your time. I know you're super busy with clients and whatnot. So again, thanks so much for speaking about something you're so passionate about as a dentist that's going to help other dentists. No, thank you very much for being on here. It's an honor to be a part of this podcast, man. You guys are doing, Jazz, you're doing an incredible thing to help us not only improve as dentists, but also outside of dentistry. So thank you for your time, man. And um, I hope everyone takes, a, takes care of themselves and has a lovely day. Well, there we have it, guys. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. In the show notes, so if you scroll down below or if you're uh, watching on the app, you can just scroll down and see all the links that I put on to Rohan's Instagram page and how to learn more from Rohan. Now, those of you on the app, you'll realize that this episode wasn't eligible for CPD. But don't worry, I've got some really cool things coming just for you premium members of the podcast. So you're going to get access to my VertiPrep for Plonkers entire series. We're going to do a 30-day photography challenge. These are all things I'm working on, as well as access to a walkthrough of a full mouth case from beginning to end with my friend Alan Bergen. So we'll talk about a lot of different cases, uh, one-to-one exclusively for Protrusive Premium. So if you haven't already downloaded the app, it's a free download. Go on Android or iOS and search for Protrusive and you can download the app straight away. So if this is your favorite podcast, you need to take action and download it so you can get the maximum out of it. Again, I thank you so much for listening all the way to the end and I'll catch you in the next episode.